Hi, superstars. Welcome back to another edition of Awesome Overflow. Uh, You're not wrong when you look at the title for this episode and think January Overflow. This is our belated January Overflow. It is We're well into February now, Rebecca. (laughs) Yeah, just a little bit late. (laughs) Just a little bit late. I am joined this month by Rebecca. We have some things that we really just want to chit chat about, some things I don't think that we have even talked to each other about, except for the fact that somehow, strangely, in all of the weird ways the universe works, though we live thousands of miles away from each other, we both basically got COVID at the same time. We did. We like did. How? <laughs> and this was this was your first run with COVID, right? Or did yes. Okay. Well, I mean, this was our first absolute like diagnosed positive test. Yes, I yeah. had suspected that we had it. I mean, I honestly suspect that we had it like in January 2020. Just all of the symptoms were the same and lined up and all of that stuff. But this was the first time that I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so for real. Even having been vaccinated, the the misery of going through this, wow, it's really, it's really knocked me back on my heels a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh, this was our first time with it, you know, like officially diagnosed. We know 100% our entire family tested positive. Yep. And um, I, over... Overall, though, I'm just incredibly thankful for how, well, for multiple things. First of all, the fact that, you know, this was not landing any of us in the hospital. We didn't have to right. seek out medical attention. You know, we're very fortunate in that. Yes. Um, but also the timing of it was really good for my family. Sure. Yes. As in there could be some really, really awful, awful timing, right? Like this could have canceled a vacation, canceled family holiday, canceled a Harry Styles concert. Uh I mean, there are so many things that for our family would have been so sad to have to miss out on. And lots and lots of people have walked through that and experienced uh, what I have called, you know, the loss of memories that never came to be. Yes. And I just feel overwhelmingly thankful for the timing. It stinks. We tried so hard for so long. But here we are. At least the timing was okay. I absolutely agree with everything you said and genuinely do feel grateful that for us, for our family, it was inconvenient and unpleasant. And that was about the extent of it. I know, obviously, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of families, um, that has not been the case. And so genuinely, I am so cognizant of that. And it happened to hit our family the same week, like we were days into it when we had a huge snowstorm here in Oklahoma City. And we're not really winter weather prepared in Oklahoma City on the regular and the city of Oklahoma City this time. (laughs) They were like, we spent all of our winter budget last year. They didn't clear the streets. Like the city was just basically shut down for a few days. It coincided with when my kids were quarantined from school. So I was like, you guys, like you're not even having to miss that much. So they were nice. Yeah, they were actually kind of relieved about that. And I was telling Daisy, who was, um, she's an Enneagram one, and she had that very 
common, I think, Enneagram One reaction to getting COVID. She was so emotionally upset because she was like, I did everything right. I did everything I was supposed to, and I still got COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, like you, was trying to help her kind of see, like, it does suck. There's nothing else to say except that it sucks. But next month in March, she... And her high school orchestra, they're traveling to Florida. They're playing in a music competition there. They're going to, um, I think it's Universal Studios. Like, it's going to be a whole thing. And I was like, look, you're getting it now. And hopefully this means you will be totally in the clear to go on that trip in March. This is a sort of makeup trip because in April of 2020, that same orchestra was supposed to go to New York City and play at Carnegie Hall. And they had to miss all of that. Obviously, can you you even imagine if she had to miss it this time too? I I know. Wouldn't that have just broke your heart? Yes, yes. So I mean, I know I can be a little bit Pollyanna and a little bit too. Let's look on the bright side of things. But truly, I really was like, I know this sucks, but I'm. I would much rather you have it at the end of January, beginning of February, and. Again, hopefully just be totally in the clear with immunity and all of that when March rolls around for your big Florida trip. So That's so funny because I am not Pollyanna. Nobody would ever describe me that way. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. And as a matter of fact, I had multiple close friends say to me, not just once, not just twice, but like so many times it kind of started hurting my feelings where they were like, you are handling this so well, so much better than I expected. And I was like, okay, like the first time I was like, yes, look at me. I am handling it well. And the second time I was like, well, thank you for acknowledging that. And then like third, fourth, fifth time, I kind of was like, okay, guys. Okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. But I mean, yeah, I, I... I had yeah. a good outlook. Thank yes. goodness for that, because, you know, it's obviously it's not my natural tendency. <laughs> <laughs> that is cracking me up so much. I love it. Okay. Well, so yes, we and our families have been weathering this. We're on hopefully the healing side of it. Although I did text you. <laughs> you we were boxing before we started recording. You were like, uh, you sound sick. <laughs> yeah, you don't sound good. <laughs> I also I replied back and I am wondering can can COVID be like it can it come in waves because I was feeling pretty good and this morning I woke up and I was like I do not feel good mm, you already got it again yeah. <laughs> actually I had the same experience where I was like oh I kind of feel like how I did more at the beginning again I mean yeah. who who do I know like, I I'm know. not a medical professional by any means but right yeah, yeah. we're just getting through so. All that said, you and I both had COVID hit our house late January, right in the time when we should have been recording an overflow. And we kind of were, we just went off the grid. We're like, we're not Uh, available. uh, We're not here. We're not thinking about this. But now we're here. Now we're here. And we do have things to talk about because I have been, you know, kind of weathering this, getting my family through all of it. I genuinely feel like I'm out of the loop on most things. I'm like, oh, the Olympics started. This is an Olympics year. Like, I'm just like, what's even happening? I didn't know either. (laughs) If it's not on TikTok, then I don't know what's going on. Um, But so I've been feeling out of the loop, but you have been in the loop in a specific way on a few things, right? I don't know, Meg. I'm going to share these things, and you're going to be like, "Mm, you are actually late to this show, too. So (laughs) 
First thing that I, like, discovered and deep-dived was the fact that Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck got back together. Oh, my gosh, Rebecca. Even I knew that. This is... (laughs) This is very ice cold tea. It's been sitting out for a long time. I, it's been like six months. It's been like yes. six months. How did I not know this? As a matter of fact, it's like really embarrassing. But the Today Show put something about them on their Instagram, and I sent it to my friend, and I was like, they're back together? When did this happen? Well, it happened six months ago. How did I miss this? <laughs> But Meg, I am like obsessed with this. Interesting. I, hmm. I think they are so hot, frankly. Okay. Whoa. I think they're so hot. Yeah. And I I just I remember. I remember them being together. I remember uh the wedding being called off. I remember the music video with them on the boat and him touching her butt and me just being like, "Oh my word, she's so sexy." She's like, <laughs> "I'm I'm like not at all like her. Holy cow, mm-hmm. she's so sexy. Yeah. They got back together. Yes. I I feel like why didn't like like you failed me. Like why didn't you tell me? Like why didn't you tell me? That's a good question. <laughs> I do wonder if it is because you were like say let's look back 6 months, maybe you were just so deep into romance reading fictionalized romance but this, that this, this is real like, life this is like real life romance yeah. tropes like like second chance romance coming all back together again superstars now i i don't want to burst your bubble but oh they already break up no i mean not that i know of <laughs> I am just so jaded and so skeptical now about most celebrity romances that I'm just like, I mean, is this even real, though? I don't know. They look so happy. Okay, but they're both actors, right? They're both have acting experience. Now, that's just rude. (laughs) (laughs) They are both trained performers. I don't think it's that hard for people who act in some capacity to pull off acting in front of the cameras. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm jaded. Okay. But you're right. You are absolutely right that it does hit some really strong romance trope. Uh, it's really, yeah, like there's there's some fun to be had there with the romance tropes. It's working so, for me. Now, yeah. I, I did deep dive a little bit and I was like, holy cow, I did not realize how quickly J-Lo in particular, moves from one relationship to another, and not just dating relationships. Oh, no. But she's like, I mean, you look at her for too long and you're engaged to her. Like, yeah. it, she just really, she's been married a lot of times, engaged okay. a lot of times. Uh-huh. So I kind of, um, I, I, um, I feel like maybe she needs some therapy in order to like <laughs> ensure that this relationship actually has some legs to stand on. It mm. just feels like a lot. Yeah. But man, they look so good together. So I went on like a little TikTok Benefer binge and found Ooh. an account that was dedicated to <gasps> Benefer. Oh my gosh. And I watched every single video because I was like, <laughs> oh my word, they look so good. They look so good. I love you so much, Rebecca. Whatever whatever you are into, (laughs) you are all 
the way into it. It is inspiring to me. (laughs) Inspiring or alarming. Okay, but speaking (laughs) of um, relationships being fake or staged for the publicity of it all, that brings me to my second deep dive that I really want to talk about. And that is another TikTok that I saw that was highlighting staged paparazzi photos. Now, this is not news. I think we all have known that um, paparazzi sometimes are tipped off intentionally about where somebody is going to be. But I don't think I quite realized the depth and like how to spot it and how to pick it out. And so this TikTok that I was watching was talking specifically about a watermark for a company called Backgrid that you can find on celebrity photos. I sent you a text with two photos of Ben and Jennifer together. And if you look at it, at the bottom, really small in the bottom, there is a little logo that says Backgrid. Now, if the photo ends up being cropped or something, that's not always going to show up on like every single photo. <gasps> oh, I but see it. That yes. little label there. Yeah. That means that Backgrid like owns the photo. So, okay. I did I did some major deep diving into Backgrid because I was fascinated by this concept that you could actually look at a photo online and see that physical evidence in a watermark. So Backgrid is kind of a, um, they're like a third party, like a go-between organization where they will have clients that are celebrities and their clients want to have a photograph taken and Backgrid will set them up with photographers that are like on their payroll or like in their back pocket or whatever. I don't know. They, They have connections. So they are connecting paparazzi photographers with celebrity clients and then arranging specific meetup times for those photos to be taken. And then it goes even further that the celebrities then get to look through (gasps) and approve all of the photos. Oh my, I did not know that. Select which ones they're comfortable with being published and which ones they're not. And then those photos are then sent to like the news outlets, put on social media, Uh whatever. Okay. So those casual, candid, just like, oh, it's so casual. And I just rolled out of bed and I'm just wearing my regular clothes. It's all like, if you see that watermark, especially you can know, oh, no, there's nothing casual about this. This was highly orchestrated candid photography yes and of course the reason why this tiktok you know really hit me hard is because it used examples of harry styles (gasps) harry how dare you (laughs) i spent so long googling images of harry and looking for the watermark and finding i found tons of them I found tons of them. I am having a bit of an emotional crisis over this fact. So why would 
why why do celebrities do this? Well, it's to like control the narrative. It's to have like control over the imaging. Um, for sure. It is to like just drum up publicity for the attention. It is for uh, sponsorships and brand deals that there's often branding that they are being photographed in or holding or wearing. I cannot tell you how many times Harry Styles has worn something and that item has immediately sold out. Oh, for sure. Yes. Is he I getting paid that. for that? Or is that like, I just thought that was just like organic, just like Harry just like loves this shirt. And it's just like organic. He mm. doesn't need the money. He's got so much money. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think probably it's probably a little bit of both. I do think that sometimes celebrities just like a thing and they just wear it. And then since they wore it, everybody else loves it and it sells out. But I have to believe, too, because if if you even look at um, like fashion magazines, women's magazines, the little write-ups that are in there about, oh, this new product or whatever, those are all comped and part of ongoing relationships between the brands and the magazines and stuff. Like everything has money behind it. So I do think there are instances where a brand really wants Harry to be in that piece and they're willing to pay for it. It's the best advertising they could possibly do. The best advertising. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So this is not very surprising, but Harry's debut photographs with girlfriend Olivia Wilde are back grid photos. And I remember because, I mean, that day, of course, I remember that day, he was attending a wedding for his manager and they were holding hands, walking up to the wedding and they look amazing. They look so good. And I, and there was buzz. There was people. They were talking like, he must have like arranged this. Why would there be paparazzi at this private wedding? It's for his manager. He's not even that famous. This doesn't make any sense. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. But then there was also photos of him running, like, during 2020 lockdown. And I remember thinking, how does the how, how did somebody capture this photo? I kind of feel like, in hindsight, I feel like an idiot. I'm like, how did somebody happen to know that that was him and get such a clear photo? Well, it's because Harry told them that he was going to be running down this block. Like, that's well, why. his... PR person did it. Like, it was all part of Team Harry getting that image out there. Another another photo shoot, that, because, okay, I, I know, like, every picture that has come out of Harry in the last, like, three I years. I don't doubt that. Okay. I, I am not even a little bit surprised. <laughs> so there's another photo, a whole collection of these photos that came out of him on vacation in Italy, he was swimming, he was wearing swim trunks, coming in and out of the pool, showering, and he was on vacation. And I, I mean, not showering naked, but like, you know, like, you know, enough. And I remember feeling like, number one, I am so thankful for these photos. And number two, this feels like a major invasion of his privacy. I don't like this. Who took these pictures of him? He is on vacation. Leave him alone. He's like not even... Even dressed like this doesn't feel appropriate. I'm a bit relieved that he like arranged that gift for us. Yes, <laughs> yes, and that's a really lovely way to look at it. It's his ministry. <laughs> He's giving from his ministry the ministry of mostly naked photos. <laughs> 
to get the people through, you know? Like, here, times are tough. Here's a picture of me showering on vacation <laughs> to brighten your day. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I have put a lot of mental energy into thinking about this. And it's yep. re- it really is kind of throwing me for a loop a little bit, which, I mean, seems kind of dumb. Like, like, I shouldn't be surprised, but yet I'm also a little bit a little bit surprised because I feel like Harry in particular is so private. Like he doesn't really share very much and it just kind of like alarms me to think that the things that he has shared or that have been shared of him was like so intentional. It's like everything is intentional. Okay. All right. But maybe the flip side of that coin is because he is private, but he knows paparazzi are going to be following anyway. He knows people are going to try to get pictures Anyway, maybe this is actually for him a way where he can have control, not just of the images that are out there, but be able to like have a little bit more control over when pictures are taken. And maybe there's like some sort of, you know, background agreement that if he is willing to, you know, connect with paparazzi for this many pictures when he's doing this, that they'll leave him alone the rest of the time. And he can have a little bit of his privacy if it's sort of like a give and take, right? Sure, that makes I, sense. I hope and believe, I want to believe, and I hope that that's the case, that there's a little bit of a, I'm willing to let you shoot this many pictures during this time frame, but the rest of the time, please leave me alone so I can be on my vacation. That makes sense. There was even backward photos of him on set recording a movie and I remember those pictures coming out and thinking who in the world is taking these pictures how did they get this weird angle how did they get these photos why are they not fired like this seems (sighs) I'm so naive I just can't believe anyway the back grid if you have a celebrity that you're kind of obsessed with google their name and back grid photos and look and see what comes up it's amazing it's it's I, maybe it's only amazing to me. (laughs) Meg's like, you know what? Like, welcome to like the 90s. Like this, like before social media, literally all we had was paparazzi. This is a tale as old as time. Yes. I know that. I know that in my heart, but still I am a little bit shocked. Well, I'm just going to tell you this. The only reason that I have known that these things happen, honestly, is because I read about them in fictional books, like either in a romance or some kind of contemporary fiction, where the main character is a celebrity of some kind. And these things are happening in terms of making arrangements with the paparazzi for for who's going to take what picture and when. And so in my mind, I mean, I actually, (laughs) I believe in things that happen in fiction books, probably more than is advisable. But I think like, you know, the writer does a little research, does a little ask around, maybe they know someone who's a celebrity, they find out how these things work, and they incorporate it into the story. Reading books is, that's really the only way I know how the world works. (laughs) Books and TikTok. Apparently, any photo that is taken of a celebrity on a boat is also staged. And that's because I guess like, the ocean is big. If they didn't want to be photographed, they would just go further away. Like, they literally oh. could go away. If they're close enough to be photographed, it's intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that part of, the, of a plot line in The Idea of You? 
them having yes. pictures taken while they were on a boat. Yes. And it was okay. not intentional. It was not intentional. No. In that situation. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Anyway, that is what I have been mulling over, um, not knowing about Benifer and Harry Styles' stage paparazzi photos. The not knowing about Benifer thing. If I laughed as hard as I wanted to, I would have a major coughing fit, so I can't. But internally, I am like falling out of my chair laughing because that is hysterical. I love it. I, I should know better, but I didn't. Speaking of books and reading, I do have to say, Rebecca, one thing that is really bumming me out about having COVID is it's really derailed my reading energy, my reading mojo. I feel like it's been dampened by COVID because, you know, I listen to a lot of books. First of all, when I had COVID, like the in the heart of it, I had an almost week-long migraine. And so I could not look at a screen. Terrible. But I thought, well, I can't read, but maybe I could listen to books. But it's just like my brain, I just couldn't track with storylines. Yeah, it was that makes very, sense. It was very discouraging. But I do have a reading adjacent thing. And I'm kind of feeling like I actually started a new audiobook yesterday. I did read one book. Was this, this was when I was actually, this was before I got the COVID diagnosis. It was such a cute short read that everybody loved last year, The Love Hypothesis. Oh, I'm reading it right now. I'm almost done. Oh, it's Allie Hazelwood, I think, is the author. Isn't it so darling? It's just like, I like it. Quickest, cutest little read. If you're in a reading slump and you want to check out something that's just going to, I mean, it's a total happily ever after book. The the dialogue in it is so fun. Sometimes with romance, I feel like it's hit or miss on terms of how snappy the dialogue is. But I do have to say, I think Allie um, Hazelwood has a really good grasp on chemistry with her characters. And even the side characters had really great lines. Um, I really liked it, it. It totally gave me butterflies. Yeah. I like it a lot. I did it as a little, I, I've had it in my Kindle library for months and months and months because, again, everybody was talking about it last year. And then my friend Kara Pence, um, who's a superstar, and our friend Vanessa, um, the three of us sometimes will pick up a book and read it together. And so we just kind of did like a short, quick buddy read of it. And all of us were like, yeah, that was really cute, really fun little read. Um, well, wait, but give an update on your very specific reading goals you had uh, yes monthly reading goals yeah how did you do on hitting those for january okay i hit all of them except for one and i'm trying not to beat myself up over it i did not get my um mom advice book club book read yet it was like one of those that i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna get to it here this last week of january and then nope well, i did it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i was kind of like trying to portion my books out throughout the month. And so I was planning to get to that towards the end of January. And then that didn't happen. But I am going to read it. I have it in my possession. And I am going to read it. But I hit everything else. And I did lots of other um, sort of I'm calling it my bonus reads besides that. So I'm feeling good about that. I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get back. I need that reading energy to uh, to come back this, in this in these post-COVID days. But I do have like a reading adjacent thing I wanted to tell you all about. 
There's a creator I follow on TikTok, and her TikTok account is called Baskin Sons. I'll put a link in the show notes of this episode. She's 24. She's in academia. Um, I think she's a graduate student in some way, shape, or form. And she does the thing that I love so much, which is to take romance books and do like a critical breakdown on them. And Mm. so her main interest is in reading romance with like a a feminist critical eye to it. And so right now she's doing and kind of like um, inviting people to read along with her, reading the whole Bridgerton series. Oh, that's... Yeah, heavy for a feminist spin. (laughs) It's a lot. (laughs) And I think that's really interesting because those were written, like, those are not new releases. I should have looked this up to see when they were written. But romance as a genre has taken a much more progressive turn in recent years, being more inclusive, um, dealing with um, issues in different ways than than historical novels even um, used to, even now currently being written historical romance has a different feel and a different flavor than those from past decades. But anyway, She's just, she has really interesting insights and does a variety of reading, but I find her commentary on romance to be the most interesting. Well, she did now, again, she's in academia and she doesn't really have as much time to continually churn out new TikToks, which as you know, as a fellow content creator, sometimes just the on and onness of it when you have other things going on can be a little bit much. So she started a, a, a newsletter that I wanted to tell you all about. And again, I'll put a link in the show notes. If this is something that is interesting to you, even if you are not interested in the TikTok part of it, if you're interested in thinking about um, romance or, you know, books written for women by women in a more critical way, her newsletter is called Scratch Paper. And her most recent edition, she kind of tackles this idea that those of us who identify with being feminist, or hold a lot of feminist ideas, do we have to look at every piece of content we consume and make it measure up to certain standards as a feminist? Or do we sometimes just say, I'm just reading this just for fun, and I'm not going to p- apply any kind of critical lens to it? Um, she also is very much about intersectional uh, feminism. So she kind of looks at all the different ways that like race and um, class and all of these different aspects play into how we experience what we're reading, how those experiences inform what authors write. So again, it's just super, super interesting. And then her first like full length newsletter um, topic was looking at kink and how it's dealt with in like, there's been a surge in the past couple of, years of more traditionally like literary fiction, like highbrow fiction writers kind of engaging with the topic of kink and what that looks like and how it's usually like really trauma based and like sucks the fun out of it. And she compares that to how romance has been having fun with the concepts of kink for a long time. And so she just does a little like compare contrast of that, which I thought was really fascinating. So anyway just interesting yeah that's that's my type of thing i love that type of deep analysis what is this saying about society what is it saying about feminism how interesting i'll have to look her up what's her name again on tiktok on tiktok it's baskin sons b-a-s-k-i-n sons 
all one word. And her newsletter is called Scratch Paper. And again, I will put links in the show notes for this episode if you guys also want to check it out. I just, and she's 24, and you know, I'm 44. And so to hear somebody from uh, who's much closer in age to my daughter, um, although she's more advanced in academia, obviously, um, have these thoughts and kind of give her perspective from this younger generation also is very fascinating to me. So good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of my daughter, one overflow topic I wanted to mention is at the end of January, Dicey turned 17. And because she did not get to have any kind of celebration for her 16th birthday because of the um, pandemic, um, she asked if she could do a little bit bigger celebration this year to kind of like combine the two. Okay. And we thought that was fair, especially in light of all of the things that she has had to miss that all of our kids um, and teens have had to miss in the past couple of years. So I shared about this on my personal Instagram and stories. And I had so many people message and be like, oh my gosh, this is a great idea for a big kid birthday party. What we ended up doing was um, getting an Airbnb right here in Oklahoma City it was literally like less than five minutes from our house. And we just did a big slumber party at the Airbnb, which was so nice. Did you guys ever do like slumber parties or slumber party birthdays, Rebecca? With your kids? Uh, we haven't for my kids, but it okay. was a huge part of my childhood. For sure. For sure. Um, we have so many people crammed into not a ton of space in our family and as the kids, we used to do slumber party birthdays all the time when the, especially when our big girls were younger, but it's like, as kids get older, first of all, they want to stay up later, they're louder, and they're just, they take up more space than little kids coming over. And so we thought this would be a great way for her to get to have like a big slumber party experience without feeling like... They're, if they're too noisy, they're going to, you know, keep Nico up all night, right? That's such so, a smart idea. I was, now, it was a little bit more spendy than we usually do spend on birthday parties. By the time booking the Airbnb, finding one that was big enough to sleep, all of the guests that she wanted to have, and then all of the taxes and fees and all of that. When my, I saw the total, I was like, okay. <laughs> Had to keep reminding myself, okay, this is like this is like a two years and one birthday party. Okay, mm-hmm. that kind of helped me justify it. But Rebecca, it was the easiest thing I have ever done for one of our kids' birthdays. We rolled up at the time that it was time to check into the Airbnb. Everything was all clean. I didn't have to do a thing at the house, obviously. Um, We ended up, we were going to go out to eat, but COVID restrictions being what they are, we couldn't get a reservation that because it was a pretty big group um, for the times that we were looking at, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we ended up having um, Thai food delivered. Um, We just spread it all out on the table. The kids were old enough to like pick up their plates, put them in the dishwasher when they're done. One of her friends before everybody got there was like, "Um, Mrs. Teets, I know this is a little weird, but I just like to like set things up. So could I set the table? And I was like, yes, yes, you can. (laughs) And do you want to move in? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, They stayed up very late, but I had a bedroom at the back of the house. It was upstairs. And so I just was like, you guys just have fun. And Daisy, come get me if you need anything. And she has a really good group of friends that are just 
I've known many of them since they were all in middle school together. So I felt like it was okay to just kind of like, I'll be upstairs if you need anything. They watched Encanto. They played Nintendo Switch. They were loud, but not so loud that it was disrupting the neighbors. And in the morning, they just packed up their stuff. We did a little tidy up, didn't even have to make a bed, and walked away from it all. It was a dream come true. It is a brilliant idea. So smart. And do you feel like it was almost like a little getaway for you? Uh, It absolutely was. It so was because I was just supervising big kids. Kyle was here with with all of the hands-on kids (laughs) in my family. So I got to play on Instagram. I read. I... The bedroom that I had had a little ensuite. So I literally just was like up there in my little space, a little getaway. It was, it turned out to be (laughs) quite, quite a good deal for me too. So I just want to throw that out there as a recommendation, especially as you have, you have older kids and it's, you know, they do still want to have like something fun to do. It gets a little more challenging, especially as you know, because you have a number of winter birthdays, you're a winter baby. Sometimes those winter birthdays can be a little challenging, like what are we going to do? We have to be inside. I'm throwing it out there. A little like staycation slumber party can be a lot of fun. So I wanted to tell the superstars about that. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I haven't covered. Um, truly, I'm I'm like, COVID brain is such a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm oh, so here's busy. something. Okay. I have been doing the texting. I took over <gasps> yes! texting for a yes. while because before you got sick, you were just like busy doing things. I just mm-hmm. was like, I'd like to take over because it's kind of my favorite thing. Yeah. And then, you know, we all got sick. And I'm like, just let me keep running the show for a bit. Let you get caught up in all that stuff. I sent out a text message um, a couple days ago talking about how I was doing something that I typically do not do, and that is reading more than one book at a time. And I asked people if they were, uh, you know, if they regularly read more than one book at a time. Meg, I am, like, clearly in the minority. Like, maybe just the people who chose to respond, but I had a ton of responses back, and everybody's like, yes, I have a book in print and a book on Kindle and an audiobook. Like everybody, where have I been? How did I not know that this was like so utterly common? You know, I I actually am like that. I literally always have a print, a Kindle, and an audio going. But honestly, Rebecca, and I've done this for many years. I think I started. I think I honestly started doing it when I was in college, and I was an English major, and I just had to read and write a lot. And I sort of got into the habit of it back then. Sometimes I wish I wasn't like this. And I try to be more self-disciplined and more focused and say, okay, I cannot start a new book until I finish this one. So I can just give it all of my brain energy, reading energy. I will say, though, that for me, I almost always have a book going on audio. And I am doing stuff like I'm living life, I'm driving around, I'm cleaning house, I'm doing dishes, whatever, while I'm listening to a book. And that is not conducive to having your, you know, read it on the page, whether it's Kindle or print book. And so as much as I get frustrated with myself, because I do feel like it takes me longer to get through books because of the way I read so many at the same time. I also don't want to change that I like having at least an audio 
book going and and on the page book going. So I do do that, but sometimes I feel conflicted about it. Well, audio was mentioned in like every single text back. Like, I don't think anybody sent me a message back that said that they regularly read more than one book and did not mention something about audio. Um, maybe maybe somebody might have said, like, I have a fiction book that I read and a nonfiction book. Like, And that, that makes sense to me. I can see how you might flip back and forth between something like that. And truthfully, that's the only time I've ever done this. I mm-hmm. read Laura Tremaine's book um, kind of slowly throughout the year because it's a book that really kind of makes you think. And I yeah. read that book. I would read like a chapter in between like some other books or like while I was in the middle of something else. And right now, right now I am reading the One Direction autobiography. Yes. <laughs> while also reading the Love Hypothesis. <laughs> That's a good combo. I like it. <laughs> but the key thing seems to be audio. And I just, man, I have got to give audio a better try. I really have to. It seems like I am missing out. Everybody else is like really, really into audio. I think that since you're already like you are not brand new to the audio format you've listened to podcasts for years I think for you it might be an easier transition although there's definitely a difference between especially if you listen to um, podcasts that are just like new topic every episode as opposed to like an ongoing series or whatever because when you're listening to a book when you hit play you kind of got to make that transition back to like where did we leave off oh yeah this was happening Um, unless you set up your life in such a way where you can just straight up listen to a book all the way through. I've never been able to do that, but I'm sure some people can. But it is like, that's a that's a part of it that does take some getting used to. Whereas if you're reading a book on page, um, when you pick it up, if you're like, wait, who is this? Why was this happening? You can just kind of easily flip back a little bit. Right. It's a little more challenging when you're doing it on audio. But I love audio so much and I'm able to read so much more because of it so okay well you are not alone the superstars are right there with you reading multiple books all at the same time somebody said they have like more than five books going at any time that's it, that's a lot it's impressive I, I and, it. and chaotic i know it's a little chaotic yeah a little chaotic yep <laughs> yeah it is okay well thank you so much for taking um texting and Uh, talking with the superstars. I know everybody loves to hear from you and check in with you. And things have been, speaking of chaos, things have been a little chaotic here. But hopefully, hopefully we're in for a little bit more smooth sailing in February. Yes, I hope you continue to feel better and better and better every day. Yeah. Well, Superstars, we are so, so, so thankful for your ongoing support. We really have had so many people um, join the Superstars recently. I do think a big part of it is people are interested in our romance uh, tropes, 22 tropes and 2022 challenge. And we've had some people come over and join us because of the all the young dudes um, upcoming discussion. Did we talk about that on the show or just in our group, in our Facebook group? I can't remember. Um, did we maybe talk about it in the reading episode, the book? Uh, yeah, maybe we did. I don't know. Anyway, we've had people <laughs> from currently reading, um, who that's, of course, hosted by two superstars, Meredith and Katie, um, 
And so we're we're doing this sort of like read along of all the young dudes, the classic cult favorite uh, Potterverse prequel that's fan fiction that's longer than Stephen King's It. <laughs> I love it. We've had a number of superstars already read through that entire thing, so I am very much looking forward to that conversation that will be happening in July. So, yeah, lots of good stuff happening. Superstars, we are so thankful for your ongoing support. It's sort of awesome. Thank you for helping us to continue to do what we love to do. Rebecca, thanks for taking the time to share all of your overflow fun thoughts today. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right, awesomes and superstars. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Bye.